It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back, Bears fans, to a Thursday edition of the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. What is up? What is up? It's Thursday, which is also known as CHGO Audible Day. Nick has some vowels in there that I'm trying to figure out what they even stand for in that shirt. But Nick, what's going on, man? What's going on? Well, it's always a a good day when we can throw back here on Thursdays, bring up the audible CHGO class year. Oh, I didn't even realize like throwback Thursday. We're going back to our roots. Wow. You're uh, giving me some revelations here to start our show real quick for those watching live. Nick's setup is, you know, of course, ever changing as you are continuing to kind of move in here. I like it. How in the world are you getting that shoot afloat? Well, what you guys didn't see is right before this uh, show started, that shoe just dropped because it's just a magnet that's on the top of the heel here. And it's supposed to be like spinning and stuff. But right before I went live, I hear a tr- I'm like, oh, what the hell? Come on now. But that's what it is. That bookshelf, though, took me about four hours to build. It was a lot longer of a process than I thought it was going to be. But hey, at least I have something other than a blank wall in the back of me now. There you go. I uh, have not had to build a lot of furniture since uh, the nursery building of last year. So I, my, I don't, my I don't regret it. My biggest claim to fame is that uh, I ask, you can ask Lawrence or Clark. I'm the MVP of the bookshelf building in the CHGO studio. The bookshelf's in the back. That's my, those are my babies. Nice. Joey, if I had known that, I would like invite you over, got you a couple beers. We could have built this thing. I had like a, you know, a little bonding experience here. I now know. I know for the next book. I got it out of my system for a while. Next time we launch another studio. We'll, we'll <laughs> We're going to keep Joey away from an Ikea or else he's just going to start building all the furniture in the store. Ikea's are great. I, we, I got this at, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I got everything else at Ikea, but like there's so many floors, like you go everywhere. I know we have a lot to talk about, but Ikea is a great store. 
<laughs> all right so of course this is our official in-depth game preview episode that we do every single week in case you're wondering what does that mean we're going to discuss the keys of success on both sides of the ball determine who has the edge share some weekly x factors our bold predictions brought to you by green ridge farm and a whole lot more and for here in the chat and you're live make sure to ask questions throughout the entire show joey who just popped up on the screen he's gonna be starring them all episode long so when we get to the end nick and i we've spent i think the last two weeks on average 10 to 15 minutes just mm -hmm. discussing and answering your bears questions for the week. And I would love to kind of end it with that mailbag fashion yet again. So definitely if you have questions, throw them in the chat and just reminders, you know, smash shatter bust, break the pieces, a like button, subscribe to this channel. We're at over 20,000 subs. Now and we want you to join our journey as we reach the next 20,000 Chicago sports fans here at the CHGO youtube channel follow me at will dewitt at nicholas moriano and with all of that housekeeping done nick you ready to preview a game let's do it well all right let's look at this bears offense and of course this is the first game between bears head coach matt eberflus against another rookie head coach you have to think that means something here brian dable was someone that fans were kind of clamoring for during the head coaching search i know he was high on our list here too so i think this game should take on extra meaning from either you know, Coach Flus and company or the fans. Uh, it's always interesting to kind of look at the other side and wonder what if. Do you think it means a little bit more to him knowing it's like a first-year head coach on the other sidelines too? You know, I think there is a little something to that. Well, just seeing how you compete against, you know, guys that are all first-year head coaches. And there are a couple more that Ibra Flus will face throughout this, the year here. But, yeah, it's seeing that can I take my team that, you know, obviously uh, Matt Iberflus is a part of, and beat that other first-year coach. And, you know, a lot, like you said, a lot of Bears fans wanted Brian Dable, and we'll talk about what they're doing on offense a little bit here in this show. But, yeah, it's going to be a good matchup. Yeah, I totally agree here. And uh, I'm just ready to kind of just jump in here and talk about some keys for the Chicago Bears offense and how they can take advantage of that Giants defense. And I'll lean over to you first. What is your very first key on offense this week? Well, well, I feel like this has been my key for the last couple of weeks, but just start <laughs> drives positive. And Matty Rufus has been wanting to see on the very first, you know, series of a drive on first down to pick up positive yardage. If you take out the equanimity of St. Brown, you know, jet sweep that picked up 41 yards in the first half, the Bears had negative six yards on and two incompletions on the first six drives of the game, Will. Like that cannot happen where you're already starting off on the wrong foot because you cannot start a drive off positively. And yes, the EQ play did happen on first down, which is a great play by, by EQ and the Bears there. But there's got to be other ways where you can start off on a positive foot, get some get some positive yardage and start drives off right. I, I, yeah, you're right, though. It has been a key every week, but it means something. And actually, that's part of my third key. We'll get to that in a bit. I don't want to kind of share everything on it just now, but you and I were tracking a lot of different things up in the box last Sunday. And I was showing you, I was kind of tracking the down and distance. Like every time the Bears face mm -hmm. a third down, what exactly are they facing? And the first three times, it was over 10 yards to gain. And that's just not sustainable for this Bears offense if they want to stay on the field to do that and this Giants defense is actually really good on third down I'll give some of those stats here in a little bit but I want to give you my first key here Nick and maybe it's obvious just looking at last week but I think it should definitely carry over into week four and that's lean on Khalil 
Herbert. After coming in last week and just frankly running wild, the Bears need to continue to just be one of the best rushing teams in a league this week. Doesn't matter if you love it or hate it. The ground game is currently this team's identity. Make no mistake about it. Now, looking at this Bears team on offense, they have the second most rushing yards per game at 186.7. They average 35 rushing attempts per week, and they also average 5.4 yards per carry as a team. Now, Herbert specifically a week ago, as we know, 157 yards, 20 carries at 7.85 yards per attempt. Against Green Bay, he actually averaged 9.5 yards per carry against the Packers. So good news here, Nick. This Giants run defense, they have struggled to contain backs this season. They averaged the fifth most yards per rush allowed in the league at 5.3, which is very similar to the number the Texans had heading into last week's matchup, too. If you're looking at, like, what could the Bears do on the ground? I saw last week, you know, watching that game on Monday night, giving up a ton of yards to Tony Pollard, another 73 to Zeke, almost 200 yards total on the ground given up by this Giants offense. And I know what we put Khalil Herbert as like the headline of this show. How large of a role will he play this week in determining if the Bears will be winners or losers at the end of week four? Well, the Bears have been relying on that run game to to win these the games that they've won this season, Will. And I think, you know, Herbert's gonna be a huge part of that. And Matt Eberflus was asked why how do you why do you feel confident in terms of what Khalil Herbert can do if David Montgomery's not able to go? He's like, just look at his past when he's had to step in for David Montgomery when he was hurt. He's done well. So I think it's going to be big for the Bears offensively if they want to move the ball in this game, not only on the ground, but it'll set up their passing game as well. And that's something that they obviously need to work on. But yeah, Khalil Herbert in this game, Will, is going to be huge if the Bears want to pull off this victory. There you go. I see Doug in the chat. You know, hot damn Chicago Audible Thursdays. Nick with the throwback jersey on. You, you like it. You like to see it. I already see some questions coming in. They're being starred. We'll answer those at the end of the show. Nick, kick it right back to you. Key number two for the Bears on offense. Yeah, key number two and my my, my, my last key here for an offense, because I know you have some good ones too, Will. It's just continue to use the fullback Kahari blasting game. Good things happen when you get blasting game on the field. He only played 15 snaps in the win against Houston. He was in on both of those uh, Khalil Herbert touchdown runs. 97 yards and two touchdowns when Khalil Herbert was on the field. Like, Good things happen, and you highlighted a play earlier today on Twitter, Will, where it was just a – they brought in two tight ends, an extra lineman, Kahari blasting game, and Khalil Herbert gets a touchdown run. But it's just go – don't overthink yourself. And the big thing, too, Justin Fields was under center on that play when mm -hmm. they were close to the goal line, right? And you have this heavy package, and that's exactly where you want to bring in a guy like a Kahari blasting game. So I know we got 13 snaps of first – or uh, against the, the the Green Bay Packers, 15 against the Texans. It's probably where they're looking around that 13 to 15 range to get him on the field, but use him. He is an asset to your offense, and until teams can stop his blocking efficiency, let, let him feast out there. He's a very selfless guy, will go out and make plays for his teammates. He wants them to all eat, he told me in the locker room a couple uh, a week ago. Like, get that bread, make that money, and right now Khalil Herbert can do that on Sunday especially if Kahari blasting games in the game. Look at Doug. Speaking of, you know, eating and feasting, he wants to see blasting game be involved and have the ball in his hands. And I, I know he mentioned it like career wise. He's not, a, hasn't been an effective rusher, but he has been a sneaky, effective receiver mm -hmm. sneaking into the flat, catching the ball in the open space and being able to make something happen after the catch. Uh, they haven't really shown that wrinkle yet, but I, I think that's just a matter of time, right? 
You would hope so. I mean, they, the Bears could use all the help they could get in the passing get anything at this point. If they have to use the fullback to get, you know, that going, by all means, explore that option because it's not going to hurt you at this point. I mean, we've seen how bad the passing game has been. Yeah. Speaking of which, I have a key that maybe will allow it to be better, improved. And that's uh, my second key of the game here for the Bears offense. And that's just clean pockets uh, for Justin Fields. And the reason why this is going to be a key this week is because whenever there's a little bit of pressure in the pocket, Fields has had a tendency to kind of struggle, get a little happy feet in the pocket. And I just want to kind of see that cleaned up here uh, against the Giants. When pressured, Justin Fields' completion percentage, Nick, if you had a guess, where is it when he's under pressure this year? Oh, God. Well, um, probably bottom five in the league. I don't even know a number. 30%. Yikes. Yeah. His passer rating under pressure is 50.6. And what makes it even more damning is the fact that he's been pressured on about 47% of his dropbacks. So this is a big reason why he's struggling. He's struggling against pressure, and it's been there almost half the time that he's dropping back uh, to throw. So it's a big area of concern for me. And when you actually look at what he's done with a clean pocket this year, his completion percentage goes up to 60 not great, but that's still double of what you're seeing under pressure. And that pass rating goes up to 72.7. Again, not amazing numbers by any means, but at least they're better. And we want to put this Bears offense in a position to succeed with these keys. And this is a big one for it. When you look at the Giants defense, they have struggled to get like consistent pressure this season. The Cowboys were able to take advantage of this get the ball out quick. Uh, the Giants, they've been trying to overcome a lack of pressure from their front four by bringing the blitz, which allows some extra you know, passing lanes for this Bears offense if they can just get it out quick too. So uh, I think there will be some potential opportunities for the Bears in this one if they can kind of keep this pocket clean. And the Giants too, when you look at their injury report, there are a lot of cornerbacks uh, on that injury report. Giving field time in a clean pocket, maybe the receivers get some separation and the Bears can exploit this. Anything you want to add on that key? Yeah, and that too. I mean, you look at the Monday night football game against the Cowboys, Cooper Rush had time to throw. Like there wasn't a lot of pressure that he had to deal with in terms of what the Giants were bringing, what they were trying to do. And Cooper Rush looked fairly comfortable. Not to say that's going to be the case when the Bears go up to, you know, MetLife and play the Giants, but there was time to throw. And if they can replicate even some of those scenarios for Justin Fields, like you said, the numbers back up that if he has a little bit more time, a clean pocket, it's going to be, you know, like it's going to be a better situation for the Bears offense, for sure. Absolutely. My last key for this Bears offense this week, which ties into your first key. So we're coming full circle here, Nick, and that's to simply get into third and manageable. Last week, the Bears, I mentioned, they really failed to do this out of the gate. They averaged 13 yards to go on their first three third downs face, but it did get better uh, for the rest of the game. Their average was around seven yards ago, which is still not ideal, uh, but it's much better than trying to convert that from behind the sticks. They finished six of 14 on the day. Uh, that 42% conversion rate was higher than the Texans allowed at that point of the year. So in a way, good job by the bears offense and third down. It's been a strength of this Giants defense. I kind of alluded to that fact a few minutes ago, this Giants defense are only allowing 28%. Uh, for their third down convergence. That's the fourth best mark in the NFL throughout the first three weeks. So if they can kind of, you know, get off the field more often than not when teams are averaging more than six yards to go, like that's what I'm looking at this defense. And if it's six yards or more, they tend to get off the field at a really good clip. But if they, it's like third and five and less, the Bears will really improve their chances, which gets back into like, you know, your first key too. And of course, leaning on Herbert, 
that'll help. He's averaging over five yards per carry. Like just hand it to him a couple times. He should be unmanageable uh, from there. And of course, if the Bears can run it down their throats, like they were able to against the Texans, this gets simple. But if the Giants do provide some resistance, then you're going to have to look at play calling, break some tendencies, just to find a way mm. to get the Bears moving down the field and sustaining some drives. Anything else about this Bears offense? No, well, I mean, I think the big thing in this one is like also just with Justin Fields, it you know, keeping him comfortable and doing it early on in this game, I think it's going to be big for him moving forward because it just seems like at this point, well, a little bit in his head of where he's at in terms of knowing the play, delivering the football. So, you know, just going back to your second key, if you can keep the pocket clean, like that's going to be big for, for Justin Fields, I think, in this game. All right, let's switch our focus over to this Bears defense, which, by the way, right before we went live, I was looking into some more numbers, and I, I knew this Bears defense had been playing better in the second half. I didn't know they have literally shut out opponents out of the end zone in the second half of games. They've allowed zero touchdowns this year, only 12 second-half points allowed through three games. That's only four field goals allowed in the second half, and that's only four points per game allowed in the second half. And that number, Nick, last year, 13.2 points per yes. game allowed in the second half of games, which was frustrating to watch. I could remember that all too well, but the fact that it's a four points per game allowed in the second half allows this team to stick in games, give them a chance to win, even with an offense that is not currently firing on all cylinders. In a way, this is like the Coach Eberflus effect that hits principle, the mental and physical stamina. It's all coming to fruition. I think this stat really shows uh, what they're talking about right there, but I just want to at least throw that out there. It wasn't a part of any of my keys, but I figured listeners of the show would like to know that, hear that stat. I know it made me feel pretty damn good uh, about this Bears defense in the second half of ball games. But Nick, I'll hand it over to you for your first key on defense. Yeah, when I'm looking at this game, it's all about matchups, Will, and seeing which ones you can potentially exploit. And the one that I really like and one that I hope the Bears are able to take advantage of is just the rookie right tackle, Evan Neal. Go after him. He allowed three sacks in the loss to the Cowboys. There were also some potential big plays that the Giants executed really well. They had guys open downfield, but the blocking wasn't there. So Daniel Jones isn't able to complete that ball. Instead, he's on the ground looking up at you know the nearest defender like, damn, I had an opportunity there. And unfortunately, Evan Neal was a guy that allowed a lot of those. And, you know, obviously a, a highly talented player, but he still needs to figure out his role and still figure this out. Just don't let it be this week against the Bears when they go up there to play the, the Giants there. But uh, if they can take advantage and attack Neal, I think good things can happen for this Bears defense. Yeah, he's uh, he's been on the struggle bus, to say the least. Ten pressures allowed for sacks so far this year uh definitely a good matchup for the bears on that side of the ball i have more on that too again we're always kind of on the same page but also a little different which is great because we can kind of add more context to some of these keys as we go throughout the show mm -hmm. my first key though on defense is just limit the damage done by saquon Barkley. He is by far the best players that, uh, that the Giants have. He had nearly 200 total yards in week one, but he hasn't been as effective over the last two weeks. He gained 153 yards on 35 attempts, which is an average of 4.37, which is still pretty good, but it wasn't the nine yards per touch that we saw in week one. We all know this Bears run defense by and large has been iffy, but I do want to give them praise some kudos here because they were better 
last week. They only allowed 3.8 yards per carry, which was a big improvement compared to the 5.3 yards that they allowed to the Packers the week before. And that was a huge key for us last week at this time. Like we need to see this Bears run defense play better. And they did. And I just want to make sure we're highlighting that fact too. Saquon Barkley, he's seeing at least four targets per game through the air. Carolina did a good job limiting him too. So definitely uh, it's possible to kind of slow him down. But with the Giants' lack of like playmakers on the outside and the pass blocking not being great, I just feel like you're going to see a lot of Saquon Barkley. And I don't think you're going to completely shut him out of the equation. So that's why the key is just limit it. Don't allow him to go off and all these easy yards, big plays that change the game. Like you have to limit those and that impact, but also understand like he, he's going to get his opportunities and he may have a play or two, but just don't allow it to kind of steamroll and be a force that you can't stop. No, I, I like that, Will. And, you know, you mentioned a phrase within you know, your last couple of words there, no easy yards. And that's exactly where I'm going to take my, my second key for the Bears on defense. You can't give up those easy yards in this game. And I, I liked what the Giants, like I said earlier at the top of the show, I liked what the Giants were doing to get yardage for Daniel Jones against the Cowboys. And he was under pressure all night. But they used the tight end, Daniel Bellinger, who only had four receptions for 40 yards, but off of play action, he would act like he was blocking and then spring open. Easy outlet for Daniel Jones when there was pressure coming. So it's not like every single play he was sacked, even though it looked like he was under duress the entire game, and he kind of was. But there were small outlets that the Giants just knew, hey, it's 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 not even about the X and O's, about who you have on the field, right? And they just knew that we had to find – easy ways to get completion so we did it with rpos that's how you can you know easily just read the defense and see what opens up maybe a defender makes a mistake so so it's easy yards that i'm looking out of this bears defense if you can limit those it's really going to i think just make it a lot tougher for this giants offense to move the ball because we talked about pass protection evan neal specifically but if you can take away that area of their game it makes it a lot more difficult to move the football well, Nick, how many times last week when we were watching the game, like the Bears defense was in like a good position to get off the field, but then they just have like a lapse in coverage, a lot of big play, which mm-hmm. gets, well, last week was the Texans pretty much in scoring range off of that big change of, you know, field position off of that play. And I think limiting those plays is kind of like what you're looking for here because they were playing good, but those big plays allowed and those inopportune moments can really change a game. Absolutely. And like the Giants had some, it's really well executed screens on like second and long, third and long. And you're like, hey, the Bears have given up, you know, some plays similar like that. Those big plays you were just mentioning, they do that in this game against the Giants. You're just keeping a team with, you know, in this game. And they were a second half team when it, when it comes to that Monday night game. So just like that mental, physical stamina we were talking about with Eberflus and this team, the Giants showed a little bit of that on Monday night. So you can't allow those simple plays, those easy yards to kind of happen that way. Kenny says that, uh, hey, we're dorks. Thanks. I appreciate it. And then we're going to say that the Bears are worse than the Giants. I don't know where we've said that quite yet. I've actually prefaced a lot of different ways the Bears are better than the Giants and ways they can take advantage of of this team. But I appreciate you watching, listening. Make sure you hit that like button, by the way. Uh, Let's get into my second key here. And that's just get after Daniel Jones. But also, you have to contain him. Last week sacked five different times he was being pressured so far this year at a league high rate 
51.7% of his dropbacks. That's the most of any quarterback in the league with at least 11 dropbacks, 62 pressures in his face in three games, 12 sacks. All three of Jones's touchdown throws this year have came with no pressure. He has not thrown touchdown under pressure. His completion percentage drops nearly 25% under pressure. It goes from 74 to 51. You mentioned Evan Neal being a weak spot. What about Mark Kalinske, right guard? He's also allowed 10 pressures this year. So Bears that can make a difference in this game based off of the right side of the offensive line just being one that you can take advantage of. of. Justin Jones, Travis Gibson, Dom Robb, who's always around the quarterback when he's out there. Gibson leads the team with those 10 total pressures. Al-Qadim Muhammad, maybe? Armand Watts, all players that should have favorable matchups at one point or another in this game against, again, Kluinski and Neal, who the Bears can take advantage of. So I just wanted to highlight a couple extra matchups in here. But second part of this key, Nick, as I mentioned, is the fact that Daniel Jones also needs to be contained. It's one thing to get pressure on him, but you can't allow him to do what he did last week, which was gaining 79 yards on the ground after evading some pressure and just taking off. He averaged uh, this year, he's had at least 21 yards or more in every single game on the ground. So for the Bears, if they're playing more zone, that does help them. It's easier to combat this because you can kind of keep your eyes on the quarterback compared to man. When you do have to turn, follow your guy, and then that's how you open up these lanes and allow him to run. But yeah, it's one thing to get him, but it's also another thing to make sure he doesn't go off because those could be those big plays that you were mentioning, no easy yards. If you allow Daniel Jones just to go off into open space and he's gaining 10, 15 yards and then sliding, like those could be drive killers too. Oh, absolutely. And Daniel Jones, I knew he always had that in his game, be able to escape pressure and pick up yards with his feet, but the, the Giants really utilized that or, you know, had to utilize that against the Cowboys on Monday night. So that's going to be a, that could be uh, when you're looking to potentially get off the field for the defense and Daniel Jones picks up that, that first down, maybe like a third and medium third and long, those, those eat away at a defense. So you definitely have to watch out for Daniel Jones, a lot more athletic than he looks for sure. So you got to make sure you are just watching where he's at at all times, because he will, once he, if he sees an, a lane open, he's going to take advantage of it and pick up those yards. Like you were mentioning. 100%. Did I see it a third key in offense? I see that on a graphic. I, you know, on defense, I do well. That's what and I meant. Usually, That's what I yep. Meant. So last one, you, you kind of mentioned it too. We were talking about it, but it's just communication in the secondary after the, the win against the Houston Texans got a chance to talk to Kyler Gordon at his locker. And just, I asked him what, how did you feel like you played today? And he said, you know, he, he got better in certain areas, but he still wants to work on communication. We all know that big play that happened, that 50-yard pass against the Texans. Matt Eberflus said, like, yeah, Kyler just has to do a better job of staying with his guy on that one. So you can't give up these big plays. And like I said, if the Giants had things schemed up, but protection broke it down and didn't allow those big plays to happen. So if Jalen Johnson's not able to go in this one, which, you know, it's kind of up in the air right now, Will, where he's going to be his status for Sunday. So if he's not able to go, you need to have that communication down especially because you do have a young secondary. If it's going to be another Jalen Jones or Kyler Gordon Brisker, three rookies. So you need to have that communication. Doesn't matter that's Daniel Jones and uh, a Giants offense that doesn't have very good wide receivers need to have that communication down. Yeah, totally agree. Like we've seen it. It, it can be a backbreaker without question. And those are growing pains that we 
expected, but still it's week four. We have to find ways to limit them, be better than we were uh, a week ago. Uh, my final key here for this Bears defense uh, is just don't allow a subpar wide receiver group to go off. They lost Sterling Shepard to a torn ACL. Wandale Robinson has been practicing. Same thing with Cardarius Tony. So then you're looking at their top three weapons being Richie James, who's a 5'9 guy. He's a little bit smaller. He has 14 catches, 146 yards on a year, which you know would have been like by and large the Bears leading receiver too so far this season. I don't want to discredit that, but still like not someone that should be a, a big worry. David Sills has only five catches, 57 yards. Kenny Galladay, two catches, 22 yards. What I'm trying to say here is like, there's just no reason that why the Bears should allow this group to quote, go off this week. They just really can't allow it to happen because this is a weakness of the Giants right now. And if they allow that weakness to become like an area of concern throughout the game, that's going to impact the entire game plan. That's going to help Barkley kind of open things up and they're going to allow the best playmaker to have more prime opportunities. And the, what the areas of focus should be, which is getting after Daniel Jones and stopping the run. Those become obsolete because you have to focus and make some other adjustments. And by doing that, there's just going to be consequences. So again, this is not a stack unit. The, the Bears should be able to take care of business here. Don't let this be the group that changes the game. Just don't allow it. Yeah, well, real quickly to highlight how bad the wide receiver production has been for the Bears, and I know it hasn't been good over for the Giants either. The Bears receivers this season have 11 catches for 188 yards and two touchdowns. Only four teams in the NFL don't have a single receiver who has more than 11 catches through three games. And it's the Ravens, Titans, Panthers, and then the Bears. So four total, but three other teams other than the Bears don't have a single guy that has a better stat line than that. Wow. <laughs> Didn't expect some of those. Like the Ravens, I know they've been playing all right. It's a tight end. So uh, what Andrews has obviously more, mm. but in terms of just wide receivers, like those four teams. Whew. All right. Well, those are our keys to success on both sides of the ball. Up next, we're going to do our Baird Bold Predictions brought to you by Green Ridge Farm. And Nick, I'm going to do mine first, if that's okay. All right. I think I did it last week and I kind of stole some thunder. So I don't do it again uh, for you, but I have that the offense is going to score twice on the ground this week, which doesn't sound that bold, but both of those rushing touchdowns are going to come from 15 yards out or more, which I think they scored one from 11 out last week. So I'm looking for Mm -hmm. a couple runs once again to the red zone, a handoff to Herbert and there you go. So I have Khalil Herbert getting one and then the other one goes to Justin. So two runs for 15 or more yards that end up in the end zone is my bold prediction. What's, what's yours? Hey, this was really bold, you guys. So if it doesn't happen, it's because it's a bold prediction, but Cole Komet breakout. It's happening. Well, um, it's got to happen at some point you hope, but play, I think play action is going to be big in this game. And those giants linebackers are really influenced when the Cowboys are able to run play action, get that running game going, which I think the bears will be able to do in this one. The tight ends for Dallas caught five passes for 56 yards. Not a crazy stat line by any means, but he wants to be the reason the offense, he said on Monday, be the reason why the bears win games. And yeah, I'm sure all bears fans want that to be the case. So in this one, he quadruples his season production by getting six catches, (laughs) 85 yards, and a touchdown. Bold prediction for Cole Komet. We'll we'll see what happens. If you have any bold predictions, throw them in the chat. I see one from our good pal Torin uh, mm-hmm. with EQ and Pettis 
both getting Ooh. touchdowns. I'm trying to think, you know, the last time that happened, good things followed. Yeah, yeah, good things followed. Uh, you know, week one. That was yeah. a good. That was a good time. That was fun. That that was a, a lot of fun. Like that bold prediction too. Uh, if you have any good ones, uh, we'll definitely throw them on the screen. Uh, while you're getting those kind of prepared, Nick, you have a message for our listeners from Chi Town Cornhole. Yeah, and you know what? Just really quickly, Green Ridge Farms obviously sponsored that segment. Go check it out real quick. I mean, it's a local meat and cheese company, offers all better natural options. And right now, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks, which are awesome. They have a bunch of different flavors for there. Put those in your cart. Those meat sticks will be free. Simply use the code CHGO at checkout to get that going there. And then I don't know where I put the the cornhole uh, one, Will, but um, we're going to we're gonna have to come back to that, actually, because it's not in my notes. You need you need cornhole? Um, I need cornhole. And I didn't get to play at, at the tailgate, which, you know, from we were only there for about maybe an hour and a half, Will, but that was a lot of fun. I didn't get a chance. I know Greg and I were supposed to have an epic – showdown we'll have to we'll save it for next time but will as you always do keeping me in check over here giving me the shy town cornhole ad read so if you haven't heard of shy town cornhole it's the number one cornhole provider for chicagoland illinois since 2007 the signature box style design can be digitally printed covered in vinyl and and painted and the cornhole boards come with built-in drink holders which is it's so clutch if you've ever played bags. I'm sure you have. But having that that drink hole holder is amazing. It also has LEDs that light up the hole and exterior handles for easy carrying. So everything you could ever want, you you got it right here at Chi-Town Cornhole, Chi-Town Custom Cornhole. Um, you, they can also ship it anywhere and offer local pickups. So if you're in your area and it's convenient for you to pick up, you can do that too. But they're specializing in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social event a wedding gift and gifts for all occasions and especially for tailgates. And we'll be having a couple more of those at the CHGO, uh, you know, bears throughout the season. And of course, backyard barbecues. So now you know a little bit more about shy town custom cornhole. There we go. So a lot of great bold predictions being thrown up on the screen uh, throughout that segment. Loved all of them. Really. I love just seeing where everyone's minds are at heading into a game. Again, if you're watching, you haven't yet, Hit the like button. We'd appreciate it. Subscribe to the channel. We just reached 20,000. Join us as we go for our next 20,000 here at CHGO on YouTube. And Nick, you ready to figure out some X factors? Let's do it, Will. All right. Heads or tails? Are you going first? You going last? Uh, going heads. And how are we going heads? Okay. I don't know. Is that first or last? Uh, I'll let you actually start because I did the bold prediction first. How about that? Cool. All right. So the X factor in this one, you guys, pretty simple. Hit the layups. And you're like, what? Basketball? What are you talking about? No, just hit the layups in terms of the passing concepts that Luke Getze has for you. And that's a Justin Fields. Like you look back and watch that game. I know there were times he was under pressure, but there was just a lot of times where Justin didn't throw the football to where the open receiver was. Or what he said in his press conference yesterday, his feet weren't in the right place or you know, his feet didn't allow him to kind of make the throw. So when the opportunity presents itself, when you see a basic cover two look, cover three look, and you know exactly how to attack it, take that shot, Justin. Hit the layup. Get in a rhythm. Let's see him play quarterback. We all know he can do it. This would be just a great opportunity for him to kind of 
get back to being himself. Like yesterday in his press conference, sound a little pissed, sound a little disgruntled still from how he played on Sunday against the Texans. Get right. Get right here against the Giants, a, a defense that I think presents a lot of opportunities, but it starts with hitting those layups, those, those concepts that were schemed up perfectly, especially within the first 15 scripted plays. Get those, get in a rhythm, and then see how you finish the game. Yeah, I mean, if you're not hitting the layups, you're just leaving so much out there and just those, well, easy yards or something we want to avoid on defense, something that we really want to make sure we can take advantage of uh, for the Bears' offense. If you have any X factors, whether it be a player or like a point of the game, throw them in the chat. We'd love to kind of see those continue to come in. My X factor, though, I'm not going a player-specific just like you. I'm going with penalties. And that's because the Bears are tied for 11th for the fewest penalties, which I don't know. It doesn't feel like it uh, at 5.3 penalties per game. The Giants are tied for 30th in the league. They have uh, almost the most penalties in the NFL per week, which is eight. Uh, the Bears, of course, last week, man, there are just so many times when I thought they're going to get off the field and then a penalty extended the drive. And you just really can't have those. And uh, I think the Bears the Giants at least average giving teams two first downs a game via penalties and the bears around the same thing too. So when you look at this Giants offense, like they're just bad on third down, they're like bad, bad, bad. How bad they're worse than the bears. Bad 28%. Don't give them freebies with these penalties. Like don't do it. Don't have a illegal contact or a, per, a personal foul or anything of that nature. Like let's avoid the mistakes and don't allow those plays to give the Giants those easy first downs and give them some momentum on these drives. And just like my last game in offense, too, like penalties, that it just can't be the reason why the Bears are in third and longs at offense either, right? Don't get yourself mm-hmm. behind the sticks from those mistakes, too. They really just, on both sides of the ball, should not put themselves in those disadvantageous positions because of penalties. And I just don't want to see it happen this week, more than others for some reason. <laughs> Uh, anytime they can have less penalties, I think we'll we'll take it. Well, I'm seeing in the, in the chat real quick, Drew TV, X Factor will be Robinson. I don't know why my head immediately went to Allen. I'm like, wait, no. <laughs> Dominique, yeah, I like it. Um, no, we're getting some really, really good X Factors in this one. Bold predictions. Love, love, love it all. So let's keep, keep it going here. And then as the show goes on, make sure to definitely submit those questions. We'll make time to answer those at the end here. That's right. Mailbag at the end of the show to answer your Bears questions. You can put them in now. We're starting them up, and we will hit those once we get through this game preview. But Nick, it's time to find out who has the edge, and I believe I'm up first here with the Bears passing attack versus the Giants pass defense. And I know I forgot the name of the person in the chat. They're not going to like it, uh, but I'm going to give this edge to the Giants, the Giants have a top 10 passing defense. They only allow 203 yards per game through the air. And that's only a few yards different than the Texans. Again, uh, for reference, there's a lot of similarities, actually, when you're looking at where these teams ranked mm-hmm. these last two opponents. Uh, I don't expect the Giants to allow the floodgates to open this week. And the Bears' biggest competition in their passing attack, almost, Nick, I feel like is themselves. Uh, as much as it has been their opponents, too. So the Bears just need to show a lot uh, to me in order to feel confident to give them the edge in the passing game in the upcoming weeks. They just have not instilled a lot of confidence myself. I don't think they're feeling all too confident themselves. Uh, So for all of those reasons, the Giants have the edge uh, here in this matchup. What about you between the Bears rushing attack versus that Giants run defense? I feel like I gave you a layup. 
You did well. We're about to even things out here. I have the Bears rushing attack in this one. That's what's working for the Bears. Like, if you say the Bears offense sucks, that's not necessarily true. Their their rushing attack is really good this season. That's what they're relying on. It's just the the other side of things, a passing attack where that, that statement may be true. But they're doing some really good things in the run game. The offensive line is becoming more physical. You're seeing guys like Braxton Jones finish blocks in the end zone springing guys open for Khalil Herbert to get touchdowns. You're seeing Kahari blasted game being used should be used more maybe, but I like what they're doing on the ground. You saw what the, the Cowboys are able to do to the giants on Monday night football. Give me the bears in this one over the giants rush defense. All right. We have one for the giants, one for the bears and things are pretty even uh, on this side of the ball. Let's flip it. Giants rushing attack versus bears run defense. That's me. Damn it, Nick. I'm giving it to the Giants just by a little. Again, it's this Bears run defense. They had a better week, but can they mm-hmm. do it consistently? I still think they're in, at least for me, prove it mode. Like until they can show it a couple weeks in a row. Hey, if they shut down this Giants rushing attack, like I'm going to two thumbs up. I feel good about this run defense. It was so much better last week. Damian Pierce was a player that we were both worried heading into the matchup. Yet he was not a non non factor, but he, they, kept them in check more so than I think both of us thought. So this week is a tougher challenge with Barkley. Second most rushing yards in the league, seventh in the league in yards per carry. He's going to be leaned on heavily in a lot. And when you look at the Bears run defense, at least in terms of yards per game allowed, still the third worst. So just limit the damn damage. That's the best that we can hope for here. But Giants are going to have the edge uh, on the ground on their offense. But if this Bears defense can take the same kind of jump that they did from the Packers to the Texans, to the Texans to the Giants. Now we're talking, but we'll see. How about you, Nick? You have the Giants pass attack versus that Bears pass defense. All right. We're going to even the playing field again here, Will. I got the Bears pass defense. And look, you have to factor in, can the Giants actually protect Daniel Jones? You mentioned the stats about him and the pressures. He's been pressured all season. It's not just Evan Neal, too. You mentioned the right guard. You just mentioned some of the things they're doing. And now they lost Sterling Shepard. So you take out another one of their wide receivers. It's just going to be difficult. And I I know the Bears might have three rookies in the secondary, but this is a game where I think the Bears could apply some pressure. I know they only like to bring four. They got to get creative maybe sometimes as they're doing that. But I like the Bears' pass defense against a Giants passing offense that, yes, if Daniel Jones has time, he can make the throw. Just will he? I just don't know if he will at this point. So I'm going to give it to the Bears' passing defense. All right. Good stuff there. And who has the edge? You want to play some over-under? Ooh, let's do it. All right. Saquon Barkley, the line's at 81 and a half yards rushing. What are you going to take? Man, 81 and a half? I, we t- I'm pretty sure I took the over on, on Damian Pierce last week, and I don't I don't believe he hit that. Uh, I'm going to say under, I don't know why the bears are going to contain, stop the run now, but they're going to find a way. So I'm going to take the under, I'm not going to contradict myself here. Uh, I'm going to give him the over. Uh, but even if he has 90 yards on the ground, if that's through all these drives and it's like, Hey, they're not crossing the 50, but you're bending a little bit. Like do the yards matter at that point? Not so much. And again, this bears defense in the second half has been lights out. Let's not forget that too. What about Khalil Herbert at 89 and a half? It's a little high, but he, I understand it after the fact he almost had 200 uh, a week ago. 
Yeah, and you know the Bears are going to run the football. I I think there's going to be a lot of things that they see in terms of how the Giants play the edge on defense, which they you know had some lapses there. I'm going to go under here as well, Will. Uh, and I know like the Bears are going to run run the football, and I think they're going to do so effectively. But I'm going to go under on this one. That's that's about the best explanation I can go. It just seems high. I'm taking the over. I, I think Herbert breaks the century mark yet again. I actually wanted to ask your opinion about this earlier and I forgot. So with Herbert being like the guy, we saw Ebner being thrown in still a, a little bit last week. And obviously he wasn't mostly probably prepared to get, take on an RB2 role with a week to kind of get into that mindset. What are your thoughts about Ebner being a, you know, the Khalil Herbert to Herbert because Monty's out? Yeah, no, I like what, what Tristan Ebner was doing. I think, decisive can make people miss obviously you know has that kick return ability so he you know what he can do in space uh you just can't ever see again a handoff they what he got the handoff it dropped on the ground and somehow popped right back into his arm you never want to see that obviously from from your from your running back but i like what he's capable of again he's probably going to get some carries in this one especially if montgomery's not looking like he's going to play on sunday so Definitely, it's a nice asset to have. Get him some reps, and this, I think, is a good game to do so. I want to see if you can use some of that like breakaway straight line speed because that's a good changeup yeah. between these two guys. Like Herbert is shifty. I still think his game speed is faster than most people give him credit for. Herbert, like you've seen it. Like obviously, he's not that one run last week. He wasn't able to take it all the way to the house, but like he just knows like when it's time to utilize that speed versus when it's time to allow the blocks to open up in front of him. I think that's what makes Herbert a very dangerous running back in this bears offense. Justin Fields. And you know, well, real no, go quickly, ahead. Go sorry. Ahead. Uh, you talked about speed and Ebner. I, I spoke with him and I asked if he played Madden and he said, yes. And he plays, you know, obviously he's like got a chance to be himself in the video game. He's like, I asked him, how were the stats though? Like, were you okay with all of them? He's like, nah, the, the, the game speed, like we need to raise that up a couple notches. Maybe if he gets an opportunity to get a, you know, a nice run down the field, he can get that, uh, that Madden score a little bit higher than what he, what he's seeing right now. Yeah. It wasn't as high as I thought it was too. I think it's like a high 80, low nineties. And do you someone that ran like a really low 40 coming out? So I'm surprised it's, it's Madden. I'm not going to get into it. They don't make all the right decisions anyway. Uh, Justin Fields, Nick, 148.5 passing. This line gets lower and lower every single week, I feel like. 148, Will? Like, and is it bad that I'm going to say the under? Uh, no, actually, you know what? I was going to, I don't know why I was going to swear right there, but over. We're going over <laughs> the 148. Uh, I'm tired of it. Like, this has to be an, a time for Justin to, again, get in his role. We're going over 148. Like, it's, so doable over i'm saying under because i feel like if i say under here and we're even then he has a chance to do it if we both say over yeah. i think then the, the the jinx monster comes out and i don't want to put it on him that's the only reason why i'm saying under here what about daniel yeah, jones no, at 199.5 199.5 i'm gonna go under no, I'm not. I think we're going over. I'm going over on Daniel Jones, 199.5. Uh, I know I said I gave the, the the matchup to the Bears passing defense, but 199.5 is not a – if he goes for 200, 200 yards, it's not a crazy game by a quarterback standards, right? So I'm going over, going over that mark. 
I think it's over for the men don't break. <laughs> Again, they may get a few plays that. and go down. And I think a lot of this too, that screen game, I think could be real dangerous. The Bears still, I think their ability to blow those up on the perimeter isn't where it needs to be. It's not up to snuff. Uh, so I'm going to say over two, um, but hopefully it's you know yards and not things that turn into impactful plays that change the game in the Giants' favor. What about Cole Komet at 22 and a half? You're going to just say over and double down that prediction? Over. We're doing it. We're all in on Cole Komet um, this week at least, and I don't have the best reason why for that, but we're over the 22. Uh, we'll see what happens. Right, one, happens, so. one more. Darnell Mooney at 34.5. It's sad that this is where they're getting put right now, but it is what it is. Yeah, unless they kind of show it, Will. And obviously those two haven't. Um, I'm, I'm going under. Going under on Darnell Mooney. I don't, it, this could be the week. This We thought that week was going to be a week, you know, two, three. Like, it just it hasn't happened yet. And, you know, he's obviously staying after the catch. You know, football's on the jug machine hours after ap, hour after the game's over. But, again, we just need to see it. I'm changing my mind, by the way, and Daniel Daniel Jones, because Peyton reminded me, and I mentioned it earlier, about no Shepard because of the ACL. True. So yeah. why was I listening to you? We're going under for Daniel Jones here today. Thank you, Peyton, for that reminder. This is a lot of information to kind of throw out within while it's been 47 minutes. Up next, we're going to tell you who we believe the most valuable bear will be, who's going to win this game, the score prediction, our confidence meter, and then, of course, we'll get to your questions. A great time to throw some more into the chat. If you haven't asked a question yet, make sure uh, to do so. But real quick, I just want to let everyone know about our ticket provider, GameTime. GameTime is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets, sports, concerts, and shows. Ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? 50-yard line, courtside, behind the plate, floor seats at a concert? It's possible with the GameTime app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats that you thought you could never buy. You won't find a deal better than this season on the Bears. I promise you that. It's created by the fans for the fans, which is something, again, I really resonate with, and they just guarantee the lowest price. So if you love CHGO, you're going to love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in our description, whether it's here on YouTube, whether it's on the podcast player of your choice, the link is in your description. So join the over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and scored the best seats to all your favorite events events yeah well i'm just looking at that game time app right now lower level end zone for what is this the commanders at bears at thursday night sweet view best deal 194 man that's i i mean obviously we get to go to the games now cover them but definitely check out game time they have all the best deals like will was just saying and chicago you've already got the best coverage for your favorite teams so get fitted out in the best sports gear around foco has you covered from soldier field to the front room, north or south side, with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like Damar with apparel from the leader in sports merchandise and collectibles, FOCO. And if you're looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life, of course FOCO has you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. All right, home stretch here for this game preview episode of CHGO Bears. 
it's time to determine who we believe will be the most valuable bear when it's all said and done on Sunday afternoon. And by golly, I wonder if this is going to go unanimous or not. But Nick, I'll, I'll hand it over to you first. Who do you expect to be the most valuable bear? Well, last week I said this guy, so now it has to be this week. I'm doubling down on Travis Gibson being the most valuable bear in this one. Again, I just really like his matchup against Evan Neal. Evan Neal needs to show it to me, like we've been saying with some of the Bears players. They just need to show that they can, you know, consistently win uh, a block. And Evan Neal on Monday Night Football could not against Demarcus Lawrence. So, or um, so last year and last year against the Giants, I know it's a completely different team. You had Mike Glenn as quarterback. Gibson had two sacks and two forced fumbles in that game. So I'm going with Travis Gibson again. I plan on talking to him tomorrow. For, for a story I'm working on, I actually asked him about his sack celebration, you know, bringing down the hammer. So that will, um, you know, if it, if he gets a sack on Sunday, you'll get to see that video. So hopefully that happens and he has a good game. See the comment? Ooh, yes. Am I dressing as uh, um, it Look, my girlfriend and I, we had some plans for a couple's costume. I don't know. I mean, it would be a pretty good costume, actually. Just get to grow out the mustache. Get to bring back the mustache. So it sounds like a win-win to me. And I like this comment, too, from John. Do they have a Will or Nick bobblehead? What would be cool well, to have our own bobblehead? Uh, yeah, that would be that would be pretty dope, actually. So maybe something in the works. Maybe one day we'll be bobblehead status type of people, Nick. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just know the last couple of bobbleheads you got, Will, they, they didn't end up... Uh, keeping the head on the figurine sometimes. Yeah. My son, for everyone listening, has a collection of broken bobbleheads. Like literally like a Devin Hester with an arm off, uh, players uh, with like no head, a Spider-Man that has, I think no head too, that just falls off. It's a, it's a sad collection, but he kind of takes pride in it. So there's that. Uh, my MVB, I'm going with the, the obvious one here this week. And again, I've been talking about him all game, all show long. That's Khalil Herbert. Heavy focus on the ground, going to be a good matchup. He is the man on offense until proven otherwise. Like, he is the oil that makes the engine churn. Like, there's just no underestimating his impact on both the offense and the game as a whole. Like, he last week put the team on his back. So did Roquan Smith. Want to give him a lot of credit, too, for his game. But when David Montgomery went down, like, that game could have went south in a hurry. Instead, on the very same drive, three straight runs, touchdown. Khalil Herbert, and then he was only getting started from there. So when you think about things that are good in this team, I think of Roquan Smith, and I think of Khalil Herbert right now. Like these are like those are the top two, and Eddie Jackson is starting to get up to that category yet again. But Khalil Herbert, I think, will be the MVB Sunday afternoon, and I can't wait to see uh, how it all shakes out. I hope. I think you know. Well, obviously, I think yours is the more realistic one, and if that's the case, I think the Bears are. Well, I don't want to give it up real quickly. I know we're going to get into picks right now. That's what we're doing literally right now. Who is going to win the game? Uh, I know we've asked earlier, but this is a great time that if you have a score prediction, throw it in the chat. We'll throw it on the screen. My game pick here, Nick, Bears are going to end up on top. I know I had two edges that went to the Giants way, but that's okay. I still think the Bears are going to end up winning this one. Another close game, another low-scoring game. I'm not breaking any trends right now. Bears 20, Giants 16 on the back of the defense that does it yet again in the second half, keeps the game within 
you know, striking distance range and the bears figure out a way to come you know, come out on top. I, I don't think we need to overcomplicate it. Don't overcomplicate it. I have the bears winning. I don't know why I have this one a little higher than what I've been usually going with the bears, but 27, 23, the bears figure out the passing game. That that mystery side of the football, they somehow figure out a little bit of it. So Bears 27, Giants 23. There you go. A lot of Bears coming in. I'm not surprised. This is the Bears show, Bears channel. Like, I get it. I get it. So we both have the Bears winning, but how confident are we? Let's hit our weekly confidence meter, and then we'll get to some awesome fan questions. Nick, where's your confidence meter heading into this game? So I'm going with a 6.5 on my confidence meter for the Bears to win this game. Like I said, we laid it out how the Bears could do that, and that is an awesome-ass graphic. Thank you so much, Joey, <laughs> for doing that. Uh, six and a half is where I'm at. And, like, there were plays the Giants could have made in that game against the Cowboys on Monday night. Protection didn't allow it to happen. If the Bears can't get pressure, that's where we could see maybe some of those potential explosive plays from a not very good Giants uh, wide receiver core and playmakers. but. Six and a half. I still like what the Bears ultimately can do in this one to pull off the victory. All right. Six and a half for you. I'm feeling better, weirdly. Uh, I don't know why exactly, but I'm sitting at a seven and a half, which I see a lot of seven, seven and a half, seven. So I think I'm pretty on par with the rest of the fan base here and what we're expecting. I don't feel like Daniel Jones is a player that's going to break this game for the bears. I mean, looking at who they played this year, the only quarterback that really gave him a ton of fits was Aaron Rodgers, And I think we've all expected that to happen uh, as much as we we're trying to talk ourselves into that, not happening heading into that game week. Uh, outside of that, I, I just feel like the bears matchups, the ones that they win are going to help them have the edge and just find a way to come out with this victory more so than the, the matchups that they're kind of at a disadvantage. I think they're going to just be not nearly as impactful, but this, Bears offense, leaning on the ground. If they can find ways to get Justin a little bit more confidence, some easier throws, that's only going to help. Who knows? Bayless Jones Jr., Nick, does he come back? And that, that could be a wild card here for us. That could, and I think that's – look, the Bears have five active wide receivers well, and he would be one of them if he goes on, on Sunday. So hopefully the Bears can add, you know, a guy that we haven't seen all, uh, all in the regular season. That would be a nice uh, just boot – bonus i guess for for a bears passing attack that is non-existent now yesterday you guys had availability before practice right or is it after? uh yes so it went oh uh, well it went press conferences with eber field practice and locker room okay did you ask tevin if he had a good practice on wednesday <laughs> uh i did not i did not he was um yeah no didn't didn't even think about it but yeah, it's, it sucks, though, like with availability, it's so limited. You go first 10 minutes, they barely get into whatever they're about to do throughout the day, and then we go inside. So um, get a chance to maybe ask him that tomorrow, or Adam Adam Hogue is there today, so maybe you can ask him about Wednesday's practice. Yeah, I mean, apparently it's the end-all, be-all practice of the week for the Chicago Bears, but I'm hoping we can get this offense line full strength. And I say it, but at the same time, like, it's been working on the ground. Like if you, do you try to fix something that ain't technically broke yet? Yeah, no, that's, I mean, it, it's a fair question to ask Will. And we said coming into the season, the bears are going to run the football. And they have they absolutely have been running the football effectively. That's what they should do. But um, 
they do need that passing game to actually be a part of this this team at some point. Well, so hopefully they can get that going this week. Love this comment from Devin. Uh, just thanking us for our weekly analysis. And every week he finds himself looking forward to Thursdays. Me too. Uh, it's my favorite day of the work week, Monday through Friday. Of course, Sundays, they, they are definitely above Thursdays, but for other reasons. All right. Any final thoughts about this game from like our preview standpoint before we get into some questions and you know wrap up this show? No, let, let's get to the questions. Um, and, you know, that's always a fun part of the show. So let's do it. All right. Let's see what we got here. I'll throw one on uh, from Brandon H. Not our old Brandon H. That's why I wanted to say it that way. But Brandon Hallford, uh, when will we get a real center, Patrick? Tired of watching drop snaps with Mustard Vernier. I agree. Uh, the drop snaps were something that you know, I wasn't uh, fond of either. Uh, we actually just talked about this, which is interesting because we literally I didn't have these questions up uh, until after I said I'm going to put them on the screen. So good timing mm-hmm. here from Brandon. What do you think? Do you think it happens this week or not? Um, if not this week, then when the uh, Lucas Patrick doesn't have anything on his right arm anymore, he looks he can play a full game. He started last week. Like, let's stop the rotation, bring him in, put him at center where he was supposed to play. And if he's healthy enough, what what are we? Why are the Bears holding back? We've seen enough muff snaps and all that whatever's going on there with Fields and and Mustafer. So yeah, not this week, then when. All right, over to Damien's question. How big of an impact is Bayless Jones Jr. going to make realistically? Obviously, he's not going to come in and, well, you never know what he can do or not do, but I don't expect him to go you know, off. But I think he should provide this Bears offense with a, another weapon that can open up the field, move some coverage away from Mooney, maybe commit, and that's a lot of impact. And with Byron Pringle going down, Bayless being someone that can go into the slot being injected right there. I think that's a lot of, uh, you know, area of the game that he can impact too. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I asked, um, you know, Bayless yesterday, like if you get a jet sweep, like Equinemius did, what's going to happen there? All he said house call. So he, he knows what he's capable of and what he could potentially do for his bears offense, but needs to needs to be healthy enough to actually plant Sunday. And Devin had a very similar question, but just about our expectations for Vegas playing, I, I can see him being impactful in return game still. Uh, that was one area in college that he was just dynamite in. Uh, so if he's feeling healthy enough and he's out there, like that's an area like punt return right now, Dante Pettis, as much as I root for that guy too. I don't know if he's mm-hmm. been it. Vegas last year was his first season returning punts. And I want to say his average per punt return was around 15 ish yards. And it was like second in the entire NCAA uh, so he is someone that can really make an impact in that regard too. You know what? Really quickly, Will, like if Tristan Edmer is going to be more part of this offense, maybe you want to have a Valus Jones Jr. if available on the kick return, you know, uh, side of the game too. So maybe that plays a factor if he's again, is able to go on Sunday. Good, good point there, Nick from Robert. We got, do you guys think we'll make a move to get wide receiver Darius Slayton? I don't expect the bears to make a move at the position, Personally, this season, I think they're going to just kind of roll with what they have. I mean, they've already made moves since training camp has started to kind of get some talent. I just don't expect them to swing any bigger than they're currently swinging, but that's just my opinion. What about yours? Yeah, well, they're they're lacking the depth on the wide receiver position. You can't really count on Valus yet, and but you will get Nikhil Harry back at some point. So they do actually get another wide receiver in the room. So I just don't think they're going to make a move for, for Slayton, though. All right. Up next, we have one from AGM Productions. Who has the most to prove uh, on defense? Is it Kyler? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, well, that's that's a good that's a good guy to point out. Um, you know, there's been the coverage breakdowns and we've seen him make some plays uh, ever since that Green Bay game. But yeah, let's see that communication get settled and hopefully him just play instinctively. If he could do that, then I think you're going to see the best game out of Kyler Gordon. OK, next up. I mean, I think Kyler, too. I'm trying to think of who else like needs to prove it. Alquadina is still on that list for me. Kendall Vildor in a way too, but mm-hmm. I was just very proud of the way last week that he kind of turned his game around. He was kind of picked on a lot for the first two series. He gave up that touchdown, although it was a tight end that he is like in man coverage against, which is a bad matchup for any outside cornerback. Really, that's not who you want on, on the bigger body tight end. I think it's like five inches and fifty pounds on him. Uh, just to kind of throw that in perspective. And then the following drive, he was picked on, picked on, picked on, and then he got the PBU that led to the interception. And then like his whole like mindset changed and he was playing a, a little bit higher uh, degree. So I don't know. I still think it's Kyler for the, the guy that needs to like prove it. Cause I think a lot of fans are souring, which I don't agree with just yet, but if he can prove it and silence some people, I think that would be great. Uh, this one from Nicholas B should Jenkins start the whole game. Yeah, I think he should. I think it's, a. am again, done with the whole rotation. I already explained my thoughts on Lucas Patrick. If he's healthy enough to snap, put him at center. Have Tevin Jenkins be your right guard. He gives you the best option at the position. There you go. Uh, I, I think so, too. I mean, he's been so good uh, in the run-blocking game, and I don't want to leave that on the bench, uh, if any of me. I saw this question from Alex, wondering if it was accurate, but he saw a graphic if Braxton was the number one rated left tackle, according to PFF, rookie left tackle. And that's why I've been kind of like short on the remaining uh, answers I've had, because I've been trying to, Look this up myself. I see him as a third right now with an offensive grade of 63.2. Uh, whereas, let's see who else is playing left tackle. Tyler Smith uh, is in front of him right now with a 67.2. So that's what I'm seeing. Uh, I don't know whether, if they're looking at like one specific minute stat. But as of right now, at least what I see, that is not the case. But he's still up there. And I don't think that discredits anything that Braxton's been able to do so far this season uh j2k asked wasn't harry supposed to be eligible to practice this week um this would be yeah going into week four i believe that's that's what the the rule is now um i have it's like there was a guy at his locker i didn't look up at the name yet i'm like who is this large human being they're all large human beings but then he realized oh it's Nikhil harry geez like being up close and per like he he's a way bigger person than then you you realize, but yeah, we'll, hopefully we'll see more of Nikhil Harry throughout the week, and you know as um you know he kind of gets back from this injury. Yeah, uh, he is a big guy. I like he really is. I I was on the sideline for one of the practices before the injury uh, during training camp, and I was very Im- impressed by like the size he brings, and that's what if he when he gets healthy and gets out there that bigger body threat for fields can only help open up this offense mm-hmm. too because it's definitely a wrinkle uh, that they're missing they don't have another receiver on this roster with the same body type uh, as harry so definitely someone i'm looking forward to coming back to uh alex said gets he did say that jenkins had one of his best practices so lucas patrick center on sunday Maybe. And yeah, mm-hmm. like, again, the press conferences are going on right now as, um, you know, we're kind of wrapping up this show, but Hey, that that's good. And hopefully Maddie Refluse also agrees with Getsy's assessment of Tavin Jenkins practice on Wednesday. 
Uh, Doug's clamoring for Mason. We're working on that. His work schedule just doesn't overlap super well with our time frame that we're scheduled here at CHGO to kind of do this bear show on Thursdays. Uh, but we're kind of working with him to kind of get a day and he can kind of work it out because I would love to have Mason on, get his thoughts and kind of do a whole reunion here on the show. And so I saw another one from there. And I think, Nick, that does it. A good group of questions here to end up the show. And uh, good stuff, man, all the way around. Yeah, uh, appreciate everybody who was, you know, engaging in the chat and sending questions, giving us your bowl predictions, your score prediction, all that stuff. That's what makes this awesome, this community here. Really appreciate everybody. So definitely before you head out, go do whatever you got to do on your Thursday. Hit that like button, and if you haven't subscribed to CHGO, hey, what, what, when are you gonna, when are you going to? It's not if, it's when. So again, though, appreciate all the support, and especially on these Thursday shows, Will and I love to do these. Only Sunday tops these shows, but I always look forward to doing these. Yeah, Thursdays, my favorite day of the week. Getting just to talk Bears football with you is something that uh, I know I've looked forward to every single week for years now. So I'm glad that we still kind of get to do this in you know a way that we. I uh, like to just break down games and preview them. And it looks like everyone in the chat is uh, kind of feeling the same exact way too. Thanks everyone in there. If you haven't yet hit the like button, uh, follow me on Twitter at will DeWitt. My L's are once Nick. I hit my goal 5,000 followers before my birthday, in November. Right. And for someone that built up the old Chicago audible Twitter. And I was like, are people going to care about will under his own Twitter account? Cause I didn't touch that thing for like three years. It's like a ghost town over there. I'm I'm glad that people kind of came over there and uh, lots of love. So I appreciate it uh, at Nicholas Moriano. He's on his journey to 10,000 now, by the way, he just broke the 9,000 mark over last weekend. So I, I can't wait to see you hit that 10 K and then the numbers get shorter and that's always fun. Maybe they'll give you the check mark eventually. Uh, if we can do that. I mean, you're at house hall for Christ's sake every single day. Like let's give that man uh, a check mark on Twitter. And of course, subscribe to the channel. At Joe Spatt, I'm on the road to 700, baby. Yeah. yeah, Joey, build some more furniture, and uh, I promise you hit that 1K soon, all right? All right, guys, I'm going to call this an episode. Great stuff all the way around, Nick. Appreciate your insight, your input, and we're going to call that an episode. I will see you, I think, actually next week. Uh, my son has a football game that overlaps with this week's Bears game, uh, so I won't be on the post-game show, but regardless, you know, everyone here at CHGO has you covered. I'll see you on Monday night, but until then, bear down, Chicago. <laughs>